Schwarzenegger has had one of the most fascinating lives. From a bodybuilder to movie star and eventually becoming the governor of California, he starred in The Terminator, which came out in 1984. That marked the beginning of a series of films based on the past, present, and future of humanity. And although most people agree that T2 Judgment Day is one of the best movies of all time, how well does the original movie hold up? Let's talk about that right now in another exciting episode of A Cast of the Past in 2020. Happy New Year, folks. We are going to be going back to 1984 in 2020. And 2020 is just... We're getting there. We're getting there. And there are some references in this movie that let us know we are technically living in the future, but you can't expect a new episode every Sunday talking about our favorite games and movies from the past with yours truly, Juan Velas from Puerto Rico. Joining me, 2020's hottest man in the universe. We have Ryan McNulty. Wow. Ryan, uh, when did you first watch this movie, considering we weren't even alive when it first came out? So the Terminator movies, I like as a kid, I probably saw in bits and pieces. But the first time I actually remember watching it all the way through was probably about uh, 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago. And I probably haven't really seen it since. Uh, so, yeah, I would say probably sometime in the early 2000s. And now we have from London, Ontario, we have the hottest man in Canada or, or the oh, most legal yeah. man in Canada. This is Keith Hamilton. Keith, in your case, uh, <laughs> that was weird. When did, yeah. we, <laughs> when did you well, watch it? When I was a kid, I watched T2 a lot. Uh, probably one of my favorite movies growing up. But I never watched the original until a lot later. I think, like Ryan, it was about 10 years ago. And I think I've only seen it once in my lifetime just because of how drastic the difference between t1 and t2 is so it was really fun to go back and watch it this time yeah i think that most people maybe thought that this movie came out in the late 80s early 90s because when you think about t2 which was an early 90s film it's like oh those came out back to back but it was almost an entire decade before we eventually got a sequel from this and like look we talk about, you know, with video games, people say like 2001, 1997, those are like peak years for games. Looking at the list of movies that came out in 1984, holy crap. Some of the, some of the most, like, not just great movies of all time from like the, the, the critical standpoint, but even in a pop culture sense, Ryan, could you quickly gloss over this, uh, this casual list of movies? Yeah, so some movies from 1984, we had Gremlins, the first Ghostbusters movie. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, The Karate Kid, Beverly Hills Cop, Police Academy, and Footloose. All classics that are definitely yeah, rewatched. Those are just small movies. You never hear yeah. about those these days. <laughs> Every single one of those is probably, you know, on TV multiple times a year on whatever channel. Like you, you see them all the time. Basically, if you're checking out a rerun, Oz Arts, a movie that recently came out around that time. Now, when you think about a Terminator, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger. As I mentioned, he first started as a bodybuilder, and it's not the first time, right? That we have somebody that made a transition from, uh, you know, you look at John Cena, you look at Hulk Hogan, and the wrestling side of things, they made a transition to movies. Did you have any other exposure uh, to a uh, Mr. Arnie there before, like Terminator? Did you have any idea of who he was? This is probably what mm. I remember him from growing up, but he was in a, a bunch of other movies. But I think when I first heard of Arnold, it was related to the Terminator. But I have to think about some of his other movies, because obviously I remember things like Jingle All the Way, one of my favorite stupid Christmas movies. It's so bad, good. but it's amazing. It's bad, but it is amazing. I think yeah. this is the first one I recognized him from, though. I'm trying to think as well, but this might Terminator might be the first series that I was exposed to Arnold in because I love a bunch of his other stuff. And you definitely but... get exposed to him. <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, yeah, they don't, they don't no waste joke. any time showing that Arnold uh, booty. Mm -hmm, showing his Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Okay, so uh, people, if, if you like, if you like listening to Keith, remember you can leave a five star review on your favorite podcast app of choice, whether it be Apple Podcast, Stitcher. We do have a Discord over at acastofthepast.com/discord where you, where we can talk about this one and many other episodes. And what we're going to be doing is in 2019, we reviewed the Spider-Man trilogy, the Sam Raimi trilogy. 
But here, there's technically the trilogy. Like pe- people think about like this one, Judgment Day and Rise of the Machines as the initial bunch. I guess it's, I guess it's kind of like the Star Wars movies, but we did get many other ones since then. So instead of reviewing these every single month. We sure did. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to be going back uh, every couple of months. But rest assured, you are going to be uh, eventually checking us out, reviewing the first movie and all uh, all of the other ones. So this is going to be progressively like getting worse yeah. and worse, even though I by didn't the watch end of the all year, of them. By the end of the year, we will have covered every Terminator movie, including Dark Fate. Which, for better or uh, worse. For better or for worse. Yeah. So uh, let's kick it off with, with just general impressions. Because I feel like when you think about T2, people obviously jump into one of the best action films of all time. And I watched it again last year. And honestly, I, I fully agree. It's a freaking awesome movie. Now, when talking about T1, the theme, the genre, the tone is dramatically different considering the For fact real. that it came out in 1984. So kick it off with uh, Mr. Hamilton. What you think about T1? I found it so fascinating for what you mentioned because you do think of the Terminator franchise as a whole as a very action-based franchise, but Terminator 1 is not an action movie. I would label it more as a horror movie than an action movie, honestly. And it that was my favorite part about going back and watching it. Just see, just seeing how tonally different this movie is and how they don't, there is a little bit of over the top action and some of it is hitting the real strong in the cheese factory, especially some of the, uh, the, uh, flash forwards to the, uh, to the desolate future. But just the pace of it and the horror movie tone of it, I loved it. It's just so different than the rest of the Terminator franchise. And I really would love to know how they got from T1 to T2, just from that tonal change, because of how it's so insane to go back and think about. And it's just, it's a fascinating piece of film because of it. And then the, the movie itself is actually really good. I enjoyed it. It's good, but it's not Terminator good, is I guess what I would say, where it's a great movie, but it's not what you think of when you think of the Terminator franchise, which is funny because... I guess it's the first Terminator movie. It's weird how that right, works. Right, right. But it is a huge risk because when you think about the the Matrix trilogy, right? People always say the first one is the best. Here, that's not the case. But you go to the second one and already they change the genre. Like from the soundtrack to the acting, the fact that in the second movie, the bad guy is the good guy. Now, I know there's like, hey, it's not technically the same model or whatever the hell, but it's still Arnold Schwarzenegger starring in the movie Except in the first one, he went from killing people, and now in the second one, he's actually the, the the good person, right? So that was, like, very, very interesting. What did you think about the first one, Mr. McNulty? I, I really think it was a good blend of action and horror. As you guys said, it does feel like a, a more dark movie. In fact, I think probably about 80 to 90% of this movie takes place at night. And it just has that that more horror tone. But I do think there's a fair more action than I actually remember there being. Um, there's a lot of those car chases and a lot of just shooting and everything. But yeah, definitely more of a horror aspect of this guy, even though it's not like filled with jump scares or anything. But it's this Terminator. He is chasing down this woman at all costs. He does not give an F. He is just shooting everybody. So it's definitely a little shocking in how ruthless he is because he just he literally just shoots anyone doesn't care if it's women or whatever or dogs he's just killing everything and uh yeah it 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 was uh nice to revisit this one because it is tonally different than all the other ones because they just went from sort of this horror action blend that they have in the first one to it's all action from here on out and mm-hmm. it never kind of strays away deep, from we've that we've got a semi truck chase and let's just go from there baby. yeah yeah and and this movie in many ways is a horror horror film as uh, both of you mentioned because it's a slasher film think about the fact that you have this deep dark character and he's just out there to kill everybody now usually you go to crystal lake and then you're just trying to survive in this case they're going back in time because they want to stop Sarah Connors' son from being born and from doing all sorts of things. But then you have another person go from the future, totally not like Dragon Ball Z, which Ryan and I, before we even hit the record, but it's like Dragon Ball Z, 
maybe took a couple of things from Terminator, considering that was 1989 and this is 1984. But the whole movie is about that, right? Is the fight for survival. And I do love the fact that Arnold in the uh, early 80s was very much a sex symbol. I mean, you look at the guy, you can't help but go like, God damn, I wish I could look like that. So they literally start the movie just like buck naked. Hey, hey, this is what you wanted. We're giving that to you right now. <laughs> and that's that actually strategic. <laughs> but that actually worked because think about the contrast, right? Like I guarantee you movie theaters were like laughing, right? It's like, oh, look at that. But then he immediately goes to like murdering people and then looking for different Sarah Connorses. Uh, Sarah Connorses? How do you say Sarah Connors? I think it'd be Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Connors. Yeah, Sarah yeah. Connors. Uh, multiple of them. So it's like, holy crap, this movie took a dark turn that I guarantee you most people did not think it would be like that. So, Ryan. Also, like, it made me wonder, like, whose great idea was it to put someone's address in the phone book? In 2020, I feel like we can say that was probably a bad idea. Yeah. Like, I don't know. A few people are posting, a lot of people post that stuff online now, and it's just like, okay, not only are you giving it to people locally, but all over the world. Yeah, now people know what you're eating, Keith. Yeah, so that was one thing I was true. discussing uh, yesterday with my girlfriend while we were watching this, was that this is, you know, it's a funny because this movie, an integral plot piece of this movie is a phone book. Like that much. is a key yeah. aspect that that would not happen today. I mean, you'd, people just go online, but it's just funny to see. The Terminator like, would just hook how, himself up to Facebook and see all the related yeah, searches. Yeah, he's this robot from the future, but he needs a phone book. But oh, Instagram they, they says she's eat. She has checked in at this restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the modern day Terminator would be funny, but they did actually explain that away by saying a lot of the records from the past were were missing. So that explains why he doesn't know exactly where she is. He just has like a idea so ryan in your case did you like the fact that this is definitely a horror film the three of us have talked about that now that you you embrace that right you know we've reviewed other horror films in the podcast in the past mm -hmm. as a film of that genre which it pretty much is we know that changed did you think it was a good movie or what was like your your biggest takeaway whether it be the horror the story or the action for me, the, the biggest takeaway always is just how well, like, it's just executed in a, in a really strong way. Like, I don't think it, if you look at it as just a horror movie, I don't think it's, it succeeds, um, overwhelmingly as like, oh, this is a scary movie to watch. Like I said, I think it, it succeeds well as this, this hybrid of action horror like it is you know it's a very intimidating to be chased by the terminator and that that aspect of it's scary but it's not like oh i'm afraid i i can't watch what's happening next type of scary uh but i think it just succeeds as you know arnold just plays the role amazingly of like you don't need to give ever they figured out how to use arnold in a great way because i believe like the the conan movies the conan the barbarians came out before this but this is how you used arnold where it's you know he just needs to say a couple lines and just look intimidating as hell and it works amazingly and if you don't have arnold in this movie it just doesn't work the same way but i also just love the the plot that it's just super fascinating to me of this you have to go back and you know the machines going back in time because they're trying to stop john connor from being born because he's the savior of the future and kyle reese is coming back to protect her but and he also make john but, connor <laughs> yeah but then you get some timey-wimey craziness of he is the father so it, it really leaves you thinking a lot about this and they, I just, they give you just enough of the future to make it like fascinating, but they don't give you too much. So I, th I think they just leave a lot. Um, they, it really leaves you thinking in the end, and that's what I really like about no, this. No, and something I wanted to bring up, which I completely forgot, as you mentioned, Ryan, they actually do a lot of uh, flashbacks to the future. Or they future do more than I thought that. More future. than I remembered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that Definitely was the part more of the movie I hated. I thought that it was just like a bad breakup of pace every time they went to those. 
I guess it would be a flash forward to the future. And that's where, if, if we're calling it a hybrid movie between action and horror, that's where a lot of the hybrid comes from. It's like a breakup of pace from the horror part of it to into this futuristic action movie where there's robot tanks and robot helicopters coming and just vaporizing people as they go by. I thought it was just like a poor breakup, like I mentioned, because you have this one machine that's this killer Arnold, and then you're like, you're going into these weird dream sequences of Kyle's going back to the future, and it just took away from this constant threat of this like killing machine that Arnold was uh, portrayed as to go into this very, I know it's 1984, so the effects weren't the best, but a very like campy, cheesy looking apocalyptic future. Future. And I thought it took away a lot from the movie. And that's where the action part of it comes for the most part. And maybe that's why I want to like call it more of a horror movie, because the good parts of the movie fall more in the horror, in my opinion, where the bad parts land in the action area. And I think what we're talking about really does let us know why people thought that this movie was so amazing and maybe why they greenlit a second one, because when you take the horror elements by themselves, you would think, okay, so the movie starts and it's about killing Sarah Connor and that's going to be the movie. And in many ways it is, but as it goes on, it, it becomes more humanizing and it becomes a lot more about the characters and less about the Terminator because the Terminator is like, hey, that's the cool thing. It's a freaking android robot, like whatever it is. He doesn't die. So you think the entire film is going to be, well, how can they get rid of him? And even though it is, they do that that harsh tone shift to like Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese and about the, the, the evolution and the history of who Sarah Connor is. And then, of course, he gets jiggy with it and that eventually becomes the son, <laughs> which is even weirder. But th like halfway in the film, it dramatically shifts to like almost no action. And it's all about the characters. You know, you have these uh, different scenes where Kyle and Sarah are just like sort of hiding in a car but they're actually like conversing about the future. You know, what does that future look like? Sarah Connor wanting to know a little bit about the future, but not too much that it can interrupt what she's doing now. And I feel like for 1984, for a movie about robots, Terminators, like whatever you want to call them, right? Like not human beings. And even the fact that Kyle Reese actually explains like, why does he look like a human? You know, why does the Terminator look like a human? He has bad breath. Like, they do an excellent job in like less than two hours to explain like a lot of stuff that even other movies with less content cannot do. And I don't know if you guys felt the same yeah, about they that. Yeah, do, they do a good job. Instead of just doing like this big exposition dump, they kind of, they're able to cleverly explain the pieces along the way it especially helps when kyle reese is you know they're taken into the police station so it's a good excuse of why he has to say all these things and oh only organic material can go through the the um time machine thing and then saying that oh well the terminator has an exterior that's organic so that's how the terminators are able to be sent back and all this stuff so they explain those little pieces along the way in a very clever way that he's not just sitting there literally dumping information on you. And, and like you said, I do also appreciate that that kind of last third of the movie right before the final action scene is that they do a lot of uh, developing of just Sarah Connor and, you know, her struggle of realizing, you know, she's just someone who's, you know, just a girl who is waiting tables and she's this big hero and she doesn't know how she's going to ever live up to that. Um, but then you kind of see by the end of the movie that she kind of finds that strength, you know? Yeah. So Keith, in your case, what is something about the movie that look, it's, it's a 1984 and a lot of these movies and uh, <laughs> I save, save, save like the, the stop motion stuff. Like, cause that's okay. the, the beefy obvious stuff. Right. But there are other things from like, the early 90s that, oh, that does not hold up. There's like also like the outfits, you know, there's the music. But what else stood out from you, whether it be for a good, bad, worse, but it is like definitely 80s. You brought it up, the music. And I don't think it's a negative thing, but just the... The soundtrack of this movie, there's not a lot of soundtrack, but 
they do such a good job of setting up the tone of this movie with that little bit of music that they use. And when it's one of the, it's another one of those things that when you go back and think about Terminator as a franchise, how they, the Terminator theme that you think of doesn't really exist in this movie. It's almost like they took a remix of that theme and then made it into this great theme for the film. And it's, it's so eighties. It's got the very like, dun, 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 <laughs> I don't know. Some of the, during some of the chase scenes, some of that like muted, like synthesizer stuff was a little weird. Like it didn't feel it was like it awesome. fit. awesome. I liked I it. It was the it was the eighties. The eighties was just oozing out of that part, and it, I that, loved it. That one felt a little off to me. Obviously, like the stuff that was more close to the what we know now as the Terminator yeah. uh, themes and stuff. I liked all that, but some of the synthesizer stuff was just a little. It just it didn't feel like it fit for me. I think the whole purpose was to make us uncomfortable, which it did happen because mm-hmm. it's like during the chase scene, somebody's out there to kill somebody, and considering the darker tone, I think it made sense. Now. The one part of the movie that I just had to bust out laughing. So there is a Terminator theme, as Keith mentioned, you know, the other. But then in the scene where Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese are about to get it on, they do like this piano version of the theme. So it's like yeah. they're about to do it. It's like. It's the soft moment. <laughs> I love and the that hard so moment, much. If you know what I mean. So, so another thing, how did you guys feel? I feel like with T2 did did this a lot more and it became like a pop culture phenomenon the fact that the terminator learns so as the movie progresses if somebody says something he sort of starts copying and pasting that you know like the whole i'll be back like that is born from this movie i feel like a lot of people think about t2 so like the origins really are in the first one there are so many one-liners in this movie. I was like, I was shocked as we were watching it. The whole clothes, come with me if you want to live. To me. Yeah, your clothes, <laughs> yeah. give them to me. I'll be back. There's just a lot of this movie has been taken into pop culture just from the one-liners. And I know that they recycled a lot of it in T2, but it was shocking at the time just how much of it originated in this movie. Yeah, there, there's a lot of good ones. And and it's like, you gotta, you watch this movie, if you've never seen it before, and you now know why I'll be back is such an iconic line, because yeah. he just tells that guy, I'll be back, and then he just crashes a car <laughs> through the police station. Yeah. Oh, Keith, I man. actually made an annotation here. 17 minutes into the movie, I started freaking out. So, you and me have played the Mass Effect games, and I think you know where I'm going with this. There's yeah, one track the in this part of... It is like, I was like, holy crap, Mass Effect just plagiarized a specific song from this movie. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Just that, oh, that sweet synthesizer sound. I can't do it. Terminator made it a hot hit, or whatchamacallit, a hot single. Mass Effect made it a hot album. Wow. So, Ryan, in your case, um, is there a specific scene or moment that you're like, man, like, this is it. This is what's the, the best part about this movie. There's there's a lot of great moments in this movie. I I mean I'll think I think I always remember even you know effects aside I always just think of the the final sequence when he comes out of the fire and the fact that <laughs> can I you do really love... put effects aside in that part though <laughs> with the just the but I just love the fact my language piss multiple... poor motion <laughs> I just love that multiple times. You think he's dead. He just will not die. And that's that's what's awesome about it. They just Ryan. really emphasize how hard they are to kill. Dragon Ball Z. You think they're done. They become yeah. more powerful. It's true. Go back to this but movie, man. I will say they do do that wonderfully, especially do-do. in that final scene. Do-do. <laughs> but it's to the point where you th- like you're just... When they finally kill the Terminator, you're still expecting him to come back. And that last, yeah. like, lingering shot of when he's got his... still there. Like, yeah, the, the hand's still is, there, could easily like, choke Sarah Connor. Yeah, is, is it going to grab her? Is it going to go for the throat? But no, it doesn't. It's finally over. They do do that very well. <laughs> Ryan's five this episode. I love it. I'm so mature. You are. So, the other thing, and I, and I called back to this at the beginning of the podcast, is... You know, when they have that scene with Kyle and Sarah, they're talking in the car, they're sort of hiding, 
and he's talking about the future, you know, the first thing she says is like, oh, that technology doesn't exist. And then he says, it does in the future in 2024. Oh, so we're like people. four years yeah. away from when, I know the beginning in the of the Terminator movie. series. When do the bombs go off? <sighs> Is it like I'm gonna have to? Yeah, yeah. Look that up when Skynet goes self-aware or whatever. But I do know. Yeah, the beginning of the movie it says it's 2029. I'm pretty sure that very first scene, and it's like, oh boy, we're only nine years away from that. Yeah. Before we got tanks rolling over piles of skulls and it's just over, man. I think it's always been that fascination. And I think it. this is not just about this movie, but with Back to the Future, it's like, what's the future like, right? Ironically, a movie about the future is like speculating, you know, how is this all the, how's all of this going to look? But I, I really love oh. that. I think that one of my favorite things about the movie really is like how they cater to Arnold's strengths. And I think you talked about that, Ryan, where you have an actor that, mm-hmm. you know, he's got a thick accent. And when you think about Hollywood, right, like North American movies, usually the protagonist is like a white me baby face, as they would say in professional wrestling. <laughs> it's like, it's Ryan. Basically, out of the three of us, you would be the star of a movie, Ryan. I would be par- probably I'd one be of the very thugs. boring star of a movie. Yeah, hey, hey I would be maybe one of the we thugs. should like run from that guy or something. I don't know. Yeah, and then Keith, you'd be like the 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 friend that is far too nice, and Ryan keeps taking advantage of you. But you're Canadian, no. and that you're you're nice by default. That's mean of you. I'm saying you're nice. No, I mean that's mean of Ryan for taking. Yeah, he's an asshole. Right? I think you, could, you might get the characters mixed up here. Yeah, but I believe it is in '97 that Skynet yeah, goes it's, live. Uh, yeah, August 29th, 1997, according to Terminator 2: Judgment Day. Also. Maybe I missed this, but was there no mention of Skynet in this movie? There, it was, no, they, they it, it had another name, it. right? No, it has like another name, didn't it? No, he mentioned Skynet at the police station. Oh, okay. They they don't mention it as heavily as T2 because obviously T2 is much more centered around the whole Skynet part. Uh, but they do briefly mention it. So gotcha. another thing we, we got to talk about, because this is going to lead to... The topic that I know Keith can't wait to talk about is, okay, so usually movies that cost a lot are movies that have a lot of action scenes, a lot of, you know, CGI, computer-generated graphics, etc. With this one, it very much was like live action, like you got what you got, right? Practical effects. Yeah, practical effects. And uh, James Cameron, a lot of directors were very were very passionate about that. So even like going towards the, the mid to late 90s. So this movie, which came out once again in 1994, had a budget of $6.4 million and it made 78.3. So needless to say, they they made up uh, the, the budget. And then with T2, which came out in 1991, that one had a much larger budget. Like, holy crap, from 6.4 we went to an estimated 94 to $102 million, more than the entire amount that it made for the previous movie, and it generated $517 million, people. My God. Almost a billion dollars. They were on the road to that, which means that when you look at the, you know, the, the graphics, the effects and all that, I think it's no surprise that the second movie had a lot of like, you know, in uh, outdoor scenes during the daytime. The first one, they definitely catered to like nighttime because they can get away with a lot of stuff. They can hide it's some easy, of the things. Yeah, easier to hide effects if you have like darkness and shadows and things like that. Yeah, so there were a lot of close-ups, <laughs> but jumping to the part that I know Keith wants to talk about, he's a Terminator, right? So when his skin is eventually melted off, then we get to see the actual machine and... Oh boy, Keith. Uh, well, not the floor only is yours. before that. Before that, we get to where his like I I don't remember why. I'm I'm brain farting here, but he loses half of his face and his eye and then we get that just amazing mold of Arnold of Arnold's face <laughs> where it looks like he's dead because they didn't get the skin color you right. Mean actual robot Arnold. <laughs> yeah, robot Arnold where they've got that like it's I love there's a scene or there's a section in the movie where he's looking in a mirror and he's kind of prepping before he's going out to uh to 
to get Sarah Connor and he's looking in the mirror in a hotel room and like one shot he has the uh, his glasses on and everything's okay that's normal Arnold then like two seconds later you get bad claymation Arnold with the weird (laughs) eye and the not right skin color and then they do that and then a little later in the movie they go into um, the big action sequence Arnold gets burned alive and he loses his synthetic skin very cool effect that they are able to show off just exactly what the Terminator is because you're told throughout the entire movie that hey he's this machine he's a literal killing machine from the future coming back and they get to show the robot version of it when they show the robot version chasing them (laughs) well it all kind of falls apart it's it reminded me a lot of the movie it where once they like the 1990 the tv movie it yeah the the tv movie it back in the day where whenever they had like a quick scene of pennywise it was awesome that's what you remember of pennywise the clown nobody remembers the or at least they try to forget that end part of the movie where it's the big conversation with just the bad monster effect on pennywise this is what that uh, that end sequence of terminator felt like to me where it's really cool in a short burst but once you actually have to put it into motion that's where the quote-unquote movie magic kind of falls apart and even though it's this cool sequence of no matter how hard you try you can't stop this machine boy did it look cheesy that was that whole thing was laughable because of the stop motion like unrealistic like movement let me say this it was let me bad say this. it was real freaking Is bad i will take practical effects over bad cgi any day of the week oh yeah you know because even and it looks yeah does it look bad at times is it funny at times absolutely but there's something there's like a charm to it you know when you see the claymation robot arnold thing and he's like stabbing his eye it still is like oh that's still a little bit hard to watch when he just like stabs himself in the eye but yeah, you can clearly see when it's real Arnold, when it's Robart Arnold, but it, there's a charm to it and you kind of appreciate the effort that went into it. Whereas you, I if agree. you watch, you With watch some exception. of the CGI of like, you know, a movie like Lost in Space or something, the one that came out in like the nineties. Oh yeah. Whew, there's like nothing redeemable about it, but there's definitely like a redeemable charm to bad practical effects and i mean they're not they were not at all bad for their time obviously it's like we're we're looking at this like 30 years later you know so. yeah and, and for those who don't know so this is claymation stop motion it depends on you know which uh versions uh movies work on but or animatronics the, even or animatronics you know. mm-hmm. yeah so the whole point is it's literally frame by frame so the reason that if you haven't looked at this movie just go to youtube the daily motion somewhere and even just like check out this scene at it's the end free on youtube the movie's free on youtube i don't know if well, you guys knew that but yeah there you go I it's didn't. not in puerto rico because they, they don't like oh, puerto rico sorry. apparently i pulled out my copy of that movie <laughs> yeah I, I still have my dvd it's it's like what i love about this podcast hey those dvds that we haven't used in like 10 years i can actually use them but it's frame by frame so they physically move an object uh, Chicken Run is a really good example of an animated movie that's completely stop motion based. So it's like they literally move something, take a picture, move something, take a picture. So that's why you see it's like running like 15 frames because it's like 15 frames a second. That means they have to physically move it around that time for one second of animation. So imagine how long it would have taken if they wanted to do like this 24 frames per second thing. So it look real. Now, the but- thing that I got to say... Oh, For that ahead. exact reason, that's why it just it feels so sloppy to me the exoskeleton yeah. part because they do such a good job of in, uh, throughout the entire movie of making Arnold seem uh, human like to the point where um, after he gets run over by the truck, like he's injured, he's kind of limping around still in the or er, when in his human form. But when they get to the exoskeleton, I imagine it's because they didn't have him acting anymore and they had to use this practical effect. 
it was just so sloppily done none of the like i would to say uh to kind of hone down on it my biggest problem with it is the fact that they don't make it look human everything that you've established throughout this entire movie you've taken away by making his movements not look human it's very skittish and very sudden in a way that a human being wouldn't move so you're working against it for the sloppy effect that you've done and uh, it's well it took me out of it yeah uh, i mean i just feel like we're we're in our like ivory tower just like oh they could have done this they could have done that well, i mean no, not we, really. we need some perspective it's a, it's a fair criticism it's a of the movie four million dollar budget it's 1984 yes which is a lot of money yeah it, it certainly hasn't aged well but i i don't think I, I wouldn't say like sloppy is the word it's just you know they had a lot of things working against them at the time you know there's there's only so much you could do yes you could tell when it basically looks like the cameraman is just holding the skeleton when it's like from behind the exit when it's behind the terminator it's if it, it looks like he could have just been like literally walking holding the skeleton or when you see its legs you could like picture somebody just like holding yeah. it it just moving its legs like mm-hmm. it's an action figure or something i think but- the keith's point though is and you'll let me know what you think about this keith it breaks the immersion the entire movie is reliant on Arnold as a Terminator. He will kill mm-hmm. you. He is real. And then you're like, oh, man, we've never seen movies with robots that move so fluid. Like, I get it. He's a, like the actor is real. But the whole movie like sells you on that. So when it's time to literally yeah. peel off the skin, then you see that. So like from a like as somebody with a production background, like the first thing they taught us in class is like, look, if you don't have the budget to do something, get don't creative. Something yeah. they could have easily done is cut it to a medium mm-hmm. shot. Like they they did like this wide shot that when you show the legs, yeah. it is going to break the immersion. Also, we've had thirty years of like lessons to learn from. It's this. true, you know but I mean? you also you like, also have to keep in mind. I don't want to go as far as to say like, oh, they're lazy or. Oh whatever, yeah, no, no, I, I get that part, but it, it did break the yeah, immersion, and that was. The I wouldn't payoff. call it lazy. I would call it sloppy, and. I do think you do have to keep in mind a bit, like maybe it is a little ivory tower 30 years later, but at that point in 1984, Return of the Jedi had come out. And if we're talking about practical effects, Star Wars is the gold standard. So they'd had three of those movies to yeah, look but at again, yeah. and at least learn but not lessons the budget. from. <laughs> but not and the not, budget. Not the budget, but if you're talking about lessons learned, you can look at those things that Star Wars done or did and make these practical effects look human-like, look normal to the eye and learn from it but and that's why i'm saying it seems like it's such a miss on that section of it and i think one of the other reasons that this is important even though like i completely understand your point ryan when you think about a movie you know we're wrestling fans like all of this stuff we tend to think about the end like it could be a great two-hour movie but the last 15 minutes sucked it could be a great wrestling pay-per-view oh but man the way that it closed off and here, the entire movie was leading up to that. I think we would have a completely different conversation if, like, halfway during the movie, we got to see him, like, completely skin melted off. Just so it's like, hey, we got it. You know, you get to see it now. It's not great. But then they go right back. And I think there, people would have had a much different reaction. But even then, you have to applaud the movie for for taking that shot. And oh, obviously, yeah. we know that that eventually improved tenfold, right? So it's like, yeah. we are nitpicking. But at the same time, the purpose of the show, and this is going to be sort of the next question now, is like, we are talking about this in 2020, right? So... People still go back to T2. People still go back to the original Star Wars trilogy and, you know, one of the 20 versions that they've modified throughout time. With T1, do you think it is worth watching in in uh, 2020 or do you think that people should just go to, over to uh, T2 because they, they kind of know what the story's all about? I would... A hundred times out of a hundred recommend T2 over this movie, but I would still place this like number two in the overall Terminator franchise. I will admit I have not seen all of them, but just from but you what I've seen. Oh, I will. Yes, yeah. we'll we'll go through this together and talk about bad movies. But oh from from the Terminator movies that I would seen, I was I would rank this number two at this time below T2, and I still think that's pretty high praise because T2 is one of the best movies ever but it's worth a watch but not over terminator 2 yeah it really it just overall 
it will enhance T2 if you've seen the first one because there is key components of Sarah Connor's character that you get insight on. You won't think of her as as the badass she is like as much unless you have seen the first Terminator. And like Keith said, it's, you know, from my memory, I've only seen, I've seen like four of the Terminator movies and this is absolutely the second best one. So (laughs) if you want to see two good Terminator movies, you start, you start with the original and you watch the second one. And I agree. I think that this is a must watch just because it's like, you get to see the same character, but in two completely different ways. Like, Think about the fact that Arnold doesn't talk a ton in the first or the second movie. Yeah, he definitely has way more lines in the second one. He is still in the third movie, but he's a serial killer in this first one. He's just a straight up murderer. And even though he's still a Terminator, hypothetically in the second one, he does become more humanized. And it's fascinating to get that contrast because one thing that I I without question think, the director of this movie He probably wanted to make a sequel, but based on the way that it happened, the tone, the way it concluded... I mean, is this James Cameron, right? Yeah, I don't think they ever... I don't think they intended to work on a second one, because it came out in in, uh, 1991. I mean, almost an entire decade later. You look at like, in this year, the Friday the the 13th movie is like, they had their, their last chapter in this year. You know, so many movies came out with sequels almost immediately afterwards, like at least within a five-year cycle. But here, almost nothing for a decade. Do you think that they intended to work on a second one, or was this kind of like a like a I'm one-shot deal? Think. Yeah, what I'm, did I'm James curious. Cameron do between yeah. T1 and well, T2? I was going to say, I'm curious if that was an intentional wait, because I'm sure James Cameron had offers on the table because of how much money it made versus how much it cost. But James Cameron has been known to wait on movies if the technology wasn't there. Like, didn't he wait on Avatar? Like, he had the idea or something? Yeah, like over 15 years before it. Yeah, and he waited until he felt the technology was there to do what he wanted. So, maybe that was what he wanted to do for T2. I don't know the full story, but, you know, he had been known to do that. And I mean, stupid me... Um, between T1 and T, uh, T2, he worked on this little movie. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Alien. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that yeah, is no, it. no biggie. <laughs> oh, that would be a good one to do eventually. Mm-hmm. By the way, my mind is blown right now. Both of you can see my screen. I just, I, did, I just looked up Terminator facts. Yeah. Oh, my I God. Read, I got to read this out Ooh, loud. That's right a tough now. one. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take care of this one, people. The studio wanted O.J. Simpson to play the Terminator. I feel like I just need to just give people a couple of seconds to react. (laughs) I am actually reading this from mentalfloss.com. We're going to need some mental floss after this. Uh, Arnold first came to the attention of Cameron after the head of Orion Pictures had met the former Mr. Universe at a party. At that point, Arnold's only legitimate acting experience had been 1992's Conan the Barbarian and was eager to break into different roles. Originally, uh, he wanted Arnold to play Kyle Reese, which... What? What? Just, wow. The human fighter sent back in time. Uh, Cameron initially didn't like either choice and took a meeting with Schwarzenegger with the intention of picking a fight with him and storming back to the studio demanding a new actor. Instead, the two clicked over Schwarzenegger's vision of the the titular villain, which instead caused Cameron to run back to the studio and suggested that he play the Terminator. Think about, like, we talked about the fact that The Matrix, it wasn't initially Keanu Reeves, it was going to be Will Smith. Like, there are all these, like, iconic, incredible movies, and if we went by the first vision, we may, we may not even have seen these movies, but it's, like, these perfect mistakes that happen that come to the fruition of, like, these incredible things. What do you guys think about, like, O.J. Simpson <laughs> oh, playing the Terminator? Yeah. What? Or even... N- not even going that route, if you had Arnold playing Kyle Reese, this would have been a much different movie just because the character of Kyle Reese is really yeah. the backbone of the story part of this movie. He I would love- have had a lot more dialogue. Yeah. And, you know, Arnold's acting has obviously gotten yeah. way better as the years have gone yeah. on. I love Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. I don't think he could have pulled off the acting chops that you need to uh, to do Kyle Reese. Yeah, I don't think he was ready for that at the time. You know, could he do something? I mean, basically in T2, he was the Kyle Reese, if you will, of the movie. And it really worked there. But yeah, at the time, 
I, I don't think that would have worked. And Jesus, OJ. <laughs> yeah, that, been, that uh, wouldn't have held up well. Yeah, 1984, no, people. No. 1984. Think about that this what we're talking about, before, OJ. This is way before he became an actual Terminator. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yikes. Ryan, what would you yeah, say? He's on Twitter now. Oh, yeah, freaking OJ good. is on Twitter now, for God's sake. Somebody Nothing tweet is at him. <laughs> and uh, what would you say is the legacy, aside from like the this OJ effect, what is the legacy of the Terminator for you? Uh, it really is just the launching pad for Arnold Schwarzenegger's explosive like Hollywood career. I know Conan came out first, but everyone remembers him as the Terminator, like first and foremost. And spawning a one of the most well-known movie franchises, even if the last, what, like five movies have all been, you know, not so great or last four movies. I don't know how many there are total at this point, but I think there's six, right? So I, I think, think so. Yeah. so. Spawning like four not so great movies. A bunch of video games as well. But yeah, lots of video games. I mean, everyone remembers that Terminator arcade game where you had the two like Uzi guns. Oh, or so I got a story good. about that. I got a story about that. Oh, yeah. So I went, uh, one of my birthday parties was at a timeout at an arcade place, right? My mom did not know that I was deathly afraid of that arcade machine to the point that whenever I walked in front of the T2 arcade machine, it was kind of like that X Revolution one with like Aerosmith, right? Like with the two guns and all that. I would actually crouch down and crawl just so I would not see the screen of that game. <laughs> Why I was were you definitely afraid petrified of it? of it. Why? I don't know. It's like a freaking Terminator, <laughs> man. He could kill me. That was it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got nothing. It's just like, I was a scary kid, Keith. You were a scared uh, kid, yeah. not a scary kid. <laughs> well, that you I know. mean, maybe for different reasons, but... <laughs> Poor little one. What, what is what is your legacy with T1, Keith? What, what would you say is that? I is that agree with you? Ryan for the most part where it really was the launching pad for uh, for Arnold's successful film career. It really showed that he could be that action movie star. And even though we've gotten uh, one good one pretty much since and then another okay one from what i've seen we don't get t2 if this movie wasn't a success if this movie was a total flop there would be no way that you would have been able to pitch something like judgment day so this success directly leads to t2 even though yeah it's a sequel that's kind of an obvious answer but i think a lot of Hollywood action movies have the Terminator to thank because you can really start it as a web and then everything kind of move out in front of it. Movies like Commando and even some of the bad ones like Kindergarten Cop, though, even though they're kind of <laughs> awesome in their own way. Well, those yeah, don't Arnold exist get without, that role without, yeah, yeah. without the Terminator. Who is and, your daddy and what, does, and what he does, do? does he do? Get down to the bomb! Get down! <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm that glad we fit that in into this episode. We went be long this. enough without doing yeah. that. For me, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that my, my legacy piece for it is like, don't be afraid to take risks. Part of the reason that I suspect this movie had a, a harsh shift in tone is because we got a ton of horror movies in the 80s, people. This is uh, early 80s. Like, imagine if we got a second one in, like, 1989 or something, but it was still kind of the same tone. It would have been like, people, we, we've had our fix, right? So I think that maybe James Cameron saw that, hey, it can't just be about, oh, my goodness, I'm scared because it's a, a thing from the future out to kill me. They made it a fun experience. I think that when you think about popcorn flicks, my first example has always been T2 because it's like you have the action, you have the story, you have the big set pieces with like the, the, the chase scenes and all that. And that all came from this movie, which even though it had those things, it did not put them into the spotlight. So I think that this first Terminator movie, it's like, hey, there's a story. There are characters that you table care about in a great yeah. way. Exactly. To the point that when you go to the second one, it's like, oh, I know these people. Like, those two got jiggy with it. Then there's the kid. And then there's like Arnold. It laid the groundwork to the point that you did not need to go back to the second one and be like, I'm Sarah Connor. I'm the Terminator. I'm, you know, whichever character like John Connor, etc. 
So I really do love that. And I'm looking forward to reviewing the other ones, especially like up until the third one, because at least for me, I think I saw the second one, the third one, and then I saw the first one is the way that I think mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed that because like I cannot fight it. I mean, I was a little kid and people just said like, hey, the first one's like like nasty and dirty. So I think yeah. I have a much fonder memory <laughs> of the third one. Oh, yeah. yeah then I do the first one. So, uh, Keith, uh, you ready to uh, review future Termi movies, my friend? Termi I'm excited movies. for the next two. And then we'll see how it goes. Because there is there is this feeling with the franchise, at least in my head, where you have like the trilogy. You have one, two, and three. And then on the side, there's the rest of them that just kind of happened. So it's like Star Wars. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's actually pretty accurate. People, it's a joke. It's a joke, okay? People can have opinions about freaking Star Wars movies. No, they can't. No. No, they can't. Yeah, apparently they can't. Somehow, some way, everyone's both right and wrong at the exact same time. I don't understand it. Everybody watching and listening, please let us know what you think about uh, the first Terminator movie. Or if you've watched all of the other ones, like, which is your favorite excluding the second one because i feel like it's it's the obvious answer right it's the one that everybody's gonna talk about like what is the main one yeah this is a curious question excluding t2 does anyone out there in in listener land or viewer land believe that any of those other terminator movies are better than the original I'm, I'm curious to see if whether it's Salvation, Rise of the Machine, Genesis, I... or Dark Fate. Let's you, talk does in anyone a couple out there months. Think that that, that's better than the original. I might make a case for three. Let's talk in a couple <laughs> months. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That's going to be rough. That's going to be rough. But remember, people, uh, recently we put out a State of the Cast uh, episode. So we are contemplating working on some future stuff on the show, including perhaps some live streams every now and then on YouTube. So you definitely want to make sure you follow us there. You subscribe to the channel. Uh, though, just to be perfectly clear, if we ever do happen to do a live stream of the episode, that means that those are in listener land. If you're subscribed on your favorite podcast app, you still get your episode the way and the day that you usually would. So don't Nothing be afraid changes. of like what's going to happen. Nothing exactly. It's like Keith is like the comfortable pair of underwear. So it's like, you know how it feels. You know how it is. We're not going to change that for you. We may yeah. change the underwear for YouTube if YouTube is even still alive and working. Because like, we don't know what's happening right now with COPPA and all that stuff. But yeah, don't that's, worry. That's why it's important to do the five-star review, people. I'll keep your private part safe. On that note. <laughs> right. It's not easy working with Keith. But that's why you love him, right? That's why you love him. Sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you love him on a cast. To the past. Keith, how uh, do boxers or briefs? Let's talk quick. Boxers or briefs? It's all briefs all day. No, 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 no. I like security. It's all Wait, briefs. Seriously? Seriously. It's like, the way, it's, like, no. it's like so, so tight. Yeah. How about nothing? It's nice. You, you come out just like Arnold through the time machine. <laughs> all right. Ooh. Let's talk. a lot about Mr. McNulty. Get down to the bomb. <laughs> 